Father, we thank you for the prayers that have been prayed, for the songs that have been sung. We thank you, God, for the special music. Father, we just thank you for an opportunity to bless your name. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you in giving. We just thank you for all things. And as we look into your word, we ask that you will reveal yourself even in a new way, that we will grab hold of all that you've done for us, and that we will bless your name in everything that we say and do. We thank you for this time together in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, here it is. It is the Sunday before Christmas, and we are on our fourth episode of our series, Emmanuel, God with us. If you remember our first episode, we were talking about Jesus was here before here became here. Jesus was in the beginning before the beginning began, and he came at a specific time in order to reconcile us to the Father. Then we talked about, in episode number two, we looked at the least likely evangelists of the time, which were the shepherds, the stinky, smelly, don't nobody like them shepherds, who received the message of good news and was able to proclaim it to everyone else. And then, last week, on the third episode, we looked at this young lady who discovered that she was pregnant, but she hadn't been with anyone. And so she snuck away to her, I, 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 I take that back, she went away, I won't say snuck, she went away to spend time with her cousin for her first trimester. And now we're going to talk about the other part of that couple. We're going to talk about Joseph. Now, as I said last week, there are some different things about Joseph. But what all I want to focus on is Joseph's mindset today. Now, I know y'all saying, well, how does this relate to Christmas? Just ride on with me. We'll talk about it and we'll get it figured out. <laughs> Joseph almost missed out on being a part of God's plan. Because when he thought about this young lady that I promised to be in covenant with for the rest of my life is now pregnant and I know I'm not the father and I can be nice about it and I'll just kind of put her away quietly because I got to, you know, I want to maintain my name. And so we're going to look at Matthew, the first chapter, the 18th through the 25th verses in the English Standard Version, and go along there. Matthew, the first chapter, starting at that 18th verse, it says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had become betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's unpack this and talk about Joseph's mindset. We have to understand that Joseph came from the line of David, the king, the, 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 the king of Israel, the, the anointed king. He came from this long line of royalty and integrity. And Solomon was in his family genealogy. And he was a very proud man. And he found this beautiful young lady who was just came of age to be married and decided that he would go into this contractual agreement. As we discussed last week, they, when you were betrothed, it was a year while the man set up everything to receive you into the house. So she was still staying with her parents, however, as he got everything ready. And we look at this and we see that the 13th, uh, the 19th verse says that and Joseph, when he found out him being a just man, him wanting to be a man that did things the right way, was going to do it quietly. He didn't want to shame Mary. He didn't want to cause a lot of confusion because everybody else was already talking. Everybody else was like, what? Hey, y'all either broke the betrothal agreement or Mary ain't right. And so he wanted to be a just man and treat her with a level of dignity and integrity. Have you ever been bothered by something so much that you have a dream about it? Have you ever had something on your mind so strongly that it, it just, it follows you into your dreams? And you're sitting there like, can't I go someplace and find peace? Can I just dream about something else? But this is, it was so bothersome to him that he, when he laid down, the angel came to him and said, Joseph, everything's good. Now notice what he said. He said, Joseph, in the uh, 21st, Joseph, son of David. He's, he's saying you, you are a man of integrity. You are a good man. You are a man of right standing do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And he explains to him this process that they have been selected because if you didn't know it, that Mary was also from the genealogy of David. And so God had already set this up, this plan was already established that Jesus was going to be born under the genealogy of the king that everybody said was the king of kings until Jesus came. And so he says, she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. If you remember, we talked about the name Jesus meant God who saves. Yahshua, 
Joshua to us. So we see that this is actually not just a person who this name is going to be, but this is actually going to be the Savior because the, he then goes back and references Isaiah, the 7th chapter, the 14th verse, and it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, Joseph would have known about the prophecy because he's been to synagogue. Joseph would have been able to relate to that and realize that if the angel's telling me this, then there must be some truth to this, and so I will go ahead and believe this. Now, I want to understand, it, it, you know, in a dream, how many of y'all ever, ever had a dream and just thought the dream was true? You, you sit there, even after you get done with the dream, if you remember, you'd be like, well, I don't, you know, you'd be starting to analyze it, right? But because of the way I believe the angel explained it to him, he was able to say, wow, everything's falling into place, and this is true. And then it says, when Joseph, in 24, it says, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. And when he took his wife, y'all remember what they did? They had to go on the journey to Bethlehem because he had to report in for taxation purposes. And so they go to Bethlehem. She has the baby. And it says that they did not have, they did not consummate the relationship until after the baby was born. And the most important thing is this. And he called his name Jesus, God who saves, the Savior of the world. Can you just see how Joseph was sitting there that night and probably sitting on the edge of his bed trying to figure out how is this going to look to my circle? How is this going to be with everyone that I'm related to? How is this going to make me look in the eyes of the elders? And what am I going to do? How? And he's running all around trying to figure all this out. And then he gets so tired he goes to sleep. And that's when God is able to come in and explain to him the process. I'm so glad that sometimes that once we get out of our head, God is able to come in and just say, Hold on, it's going to be all right. Don't worry. I got everything under control. And sometimes in the midnight, when it feels like every wall is descending upon us and there seems to be no way out, we go to sleep. And in the midst of our sleep, we get refreshed, we get renewed, and we realize the next day that I made it to another day. I can continue to hold on and hold out. During this time of the year, there is a rumor, and I'm going to tell you, it is actually a rumor, that there's an increase in depression and anxiety. That's, that's, that's not true. The truth is, after this season, there's an increase in depression and 
anxiety. Folks, it, it appears that during this season, kind of are able to kind of go with the flow of everybody being more excited about the season. But then after the season is over, they seem to drop a little bit lower than they were before. And so we know that because of after the season, it's the, it's the time, it's still winter time, it's still a little depressive time, you know, there's nothing growing, there's nothing. And then they just kind of, the other part, let me just throw this in there. They spend all, they, they, they put, they uh, use their credit cards to buy all them Christmas gifts and they get that bill in January and that really will throw some depression on you if you ain't ready. Okay, sorry, I did a sidetrack on that. I'm sorry, I ain't gonna go down that alley. But depression is real. And we need God to speak to us in the midst of when we're trying to figure things out so that we will know the direction that we should go. Because sometimes, even in the midst of our strength, when we think we have enough strength to overcome what we're going through, it's not enough. We give our best, we figure our best, but it just does not look like it's going to connect, and sometimes we just got to rest and let God speak to us. I think that when Joseph fell asleep, his intention was not to try to figure out what he was going to do. He was just tired. Do you understand that the reason that executives get paid more is because it takes more energy to think than it does to physically work? Tired. What am I going to do? This woman I'm supposed to marry. What am I? And he just was so fatigued and when he fell asleep, one of the expressions that you say when somebody real tired, they just passed out. Just passed out. And God was able to, once he didn't have all this going on, be able to speak to him in his dream. Some of us need God to speak to us in our dream because when he tries to talk to us face to face, we always give him a reason. Well, God, you know. Well, God, uh, you know, that, that, that can't work because... It but when we're so tired, we're just like, you know what, whatever you say, God, I'll, I'll, yes, God. Sometimes I just wish we'd just be tired all the time so we could hear what God is trying to tell us Amen. so that we can do what God wants us to do. Just be tired. God told us that in our weakness, that's when he is made strong. That's when he can speak to us. That's when he can use us. But when we try to analyze it and figure it out and try to help God along to what we need to do, guess what? We jack it up every time. Every time. We go through this situation where we are trying to, like Joseph, figure it out and, 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 and say, what can I do? And it takes so much of our energy away that we realize that we just need to rest. Makes me think about when Israel, Jacob, was running from his brother after he stole his birthright. And as he was running away, he just got to a point he was so tired. He took a brick and laid down on a brick and used a brick for a pillow. Can you imagine that? Just I'm just tired. I'm just going to lay right here. But in the midst of him sleeping, 
And the Bible says he saw angels ascending and descending. And an angel come down there and start talking to him. And he said, I'm not going to let you go till you're blessed. But he said, okay, you're going to let me go. So he slapped him in the leg and knocked his, hip, his leg out of joint. He said, I still ain't going to let you go. He says, but I'm going to bless you. And he named the pla that place the house of God, Bethel. Because that's where he met God. And God was able to tell him what he needed to do. It happened in his dream. We, real, we have to realize that we all have disappointments. I, I think Joseph was very disappointed. She goes away to stay with her cousin and come back with a belly. I think, that, I think there might be some complications. And sometimes we will give up because we're disappointed. God, I know this is what you want me to do, but I just won't do it because I'm so disappointed. I thought it was going to happen like this, and I want to give up, and I'm, you know what, God? You just picked the wrong person. I happened to have the opportunity to go visit with a, a, a friend of mine and um, his church, and he asked me to preach for him. And I asked everybody, how many, how many of you in here would look God in the face and tell him no? And you know nobody raised their hand, right? And I said, but you do it all the time. Mm -hmm. wow. Every time you tell God, when God says, I want you to do this, you say, God, I ain't doing that. You just told him no. Because I have a reason. I have an excuse. I have something that I use to justify how I feel as the, per, as the reason for me not to do what you call for me to do. But what Joseph did, he decided to take this disappointment and this fear and this complicated situation in his mind and just say, God, you deal with that and I'm just going to trust that you have this under control. I'm going to have my faith in you that what you're telling me is true and I'm going to walk in that truth. And when he walked in the truth that God said it and I'm going to walk in it, he was blessed. Y'all know Joseph was a poor man. I'm going on this slide real quick. because We just got done talking about it at Advent at the house. Joseph was a poor man. They stayed in Bethlehem a little longer than probably what he expected. Probably didn't have enough money to make it back to Galilee. And as they were in Bethlehem, they're sitting in the little place where they're staying. All of a sudden, they hear a knock on the door. Knock on the door, and the Bible says some wise men showed up. Now, I know through commercialization, y'all think it was only three. But wise men were not traveling only three. They traveled in caravans. There was a whole herd of them. All right? Y'all know what a herd is, right? Y'all country. Y'all understand what I'm saying. All right? Whole bunch of them. They show up. And besides everything, they emphasize three items. They emphasize they gave them gold. Now, just think about this. If a wise man show up, he ain't just showing up with two gold coins, right? He got some gold. They gave him some fragrance, some frankincense. They gave him some myrrh. They gave him these items that had value. 
Now, guess what? If Joseph would not have did what God told him to do, he would not have got the blessing that God had for them because God needed Jesus to go down to Egypt. He couldn't go to Egypt unless he had the provision in order to go. You see how God worked that thing out? And he just said, I'm just going to do what my part. And God opens up the door. They have enough gold to go down to Egypt, to stay down in Egypt, so that the plague that Herod caused to kill every child, every male child two years and under, goes through Jesus chilling out in Egypt. Then he comes back home, and they got enough to start the business, the carpentry business. They start building furniture. Because they had the blessing. When we operate, when we decide to take the disappointment, the fear, the confusion, and just turn it over to God and say, I'm just going to walk by faith, knowing that God told me this is what I'm going to do, he causes things to happen that we never would have thought to happen. We're standing in, we're standing in a dang on stable, <laughs> and some wise men show up because they saw a star, and they start laying all this stuff out in front of us. Because we trusted God. Yes. Trust then in the middle of the night, the angel says, y'all need to go down to Egypt because Herod acting up. And he didn't have to say, I don't know how we're going to get to Egypt. <laughs> they had all the provision that they needed to go to Egypt. Isn't that something? Amen. But I'm going to end today with this simple little thing. I want you to understand this. That if someone has hurt you, if someone has caused you to feel bad or has hurt you in any way, Joseph wasn't, I don't believe Joseph was thinking that Mary was hurting, trying to hurt him. But his perception of what she did, did cause him pain. But once he found out what God was doing, it relieved the pain. Unfortunately, there's a saying that we have discovered is true, that hurt people actually cause injury to other people. Whether intentionally or not, this is what happens. But our responsibility is to turn the hurt over to God. Don't allow the hurt to cause you to lose your pain, to lose your energy. Do not allow the hurt to cause you to miss hearing God's voice. Now I know a lot of folks are probably saying this this is, this is not a Christmas thing, but this is a time when that hurt will show up because you're trying to be happy, but you're trying to figure out, why am I not happy? And you think about something that happened 75 years ago. Somebody did something to you, and you're still holding on to that. I want to tell you today, don't let it pull your energy. If we think on things that are good, if we think on things that are just, if we think on things that will provide 
elevation and encouragement, it will cause those things that are trying to pull back on you to fall off. There's a saying that says, whatever you magnify will grow bigger. So let's magnify that God has us, that he allowed us to go through that to have victory so that we can help somebody else go down the road. And through that, we can cause someone else to get the victory. Amen. Can that be our gift this year? Not a present with a wrapping and with a bow, but giving somebody the release that is necessary for me to heal and also for them to heal. Yeah. That's the best gift that you could give this season. God don't mind working with broken folks. But I will tell you that the enemy will try to use your brokenness to cause you not to perform in all aspects that God has for you to operate in. Moses said he couldn't deliver the folks because he stuttered. Jeremiah said he was too young. Everyone had an excuse, but in the end, they did what God called them to do. And so I want to encourage you all today to take your perception of disappointment and see how God is going to turn it. Y'all know what I'm going to say. Turn it for what? Turn it for your good and his <coughs> glory. We will miss out on what God wants to do in our lives and in the lives of those around us if we carry around disappointment and grudges. Today is the perfect time to get things right. Tis the season to be right in Jesus. Amen. All right? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to have looked into your word. And Father, as Joseph was going through all that, we even go through some things. But we thank you, God, that you will speak to us. And that when you speak to us, you will cause peace to manifest in our lives. But Father, we also have a responsibility to release that which has caused us this disappointment. And so even now, we turn it over to you. For you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light, and that we can cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. So we trust your word. We operate in your word. And those that have hurt us or disappointed us, God, we turn all that emotion over to you. And we walk by faith and not by sight, not by the whispers of the enemy, but by trusting in your word. And as you are positioning us for your glory, we thank you for it. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.